And so um, we're just going to get into the word right now. We're going to get into Bible study. We're going to um, break down one of my favorite verses, uh, chapters in the word. And we're going to talk about our benefits package. We're going to talk about the benefits that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so let me get, just go ahead and we'll get pray. We pray and ask the Lord to help us today. <laughs> Thank you, Father, for your help and for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness to us. Thank you, Father, for all that you've done for us and continue to do for us, that we can see your hand moving in our life, Lord God. Every day, you are not hidden from us in any way. And I just thank you, Lord, for making yourself known to us, Lord God. We just thank you that you you never leave us or forsake us. Thank you, Father, that your presence is always with us. But we thank you right now that you um, make your presence even more tangible to us, Father God, and that we can feel your closeness right now in Jesus' name. And Father, I ask you to break open this word of life to us. Feed your people manna from heaven, the things that we need today in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Amen. So as I said, we're going to talk about our benefits package. And we'll start in Psalm 107, um, verse 8. And the verse says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul, and he fills the hungry soul with goodness. So he wants to satisfy us with his goodness. He satisfies our soul. And we thank God for his goodness, and and he's not... Um, we don't thank him to make him good. He's already good. <laughs> and, but when we thank him and we praise him, we can kind of, we can partake of his goodness in a new, new ways, new dimensions. And so he satisfies our souls with his goodness. His goodness is satisfying to us. And I, when I think of that, I think of like having a nice cold drink on a hot day. It's kind of like it just hits the spot. And that's that's exactly what his word does to us. That's what his goodness does to us. It fulfills and fills our longing soul in a way that nothing else can. And so um, we're going to go over right now to Psalm 68. We're going to go through a lot of scriptures today, but this is Bible study, so I'm not apologizing for that. <laughs> but um, but and if, if you all need notes afterwards, I'll be happy to share them with you. Um, but we're going to start um, in Psalm 68, verse 19. It says, Praise be to the Lord, our God, our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. One of the ways that the Lord satisfies us with his goodness is by lifting our burdens off of us. And he carries them for us. We can cast our cares on him because we know that he cares for us. And he says, you can take my yoke upon you because my yoke is easy. My burden is light. He doesn't want us to be weighed down with the cares of this world. And one way we can release our cares to God is by meditating on his goodness and all that he has done for us. And I'm going to look at the same verse in the New King James Version. And it says, bless the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. So we are loaded with benefits. <laughs> we are loaded. And when I think of loaded, I think of a camel. You know, um, it's like the camel that's bared down with all the cargo. 
And he can carry like almost a thousand pounds. One camel can carry almost a thousand. That's fully loaded. And that's how fully loaded we are with his benefits. Um, and I look at it when Moses asked to see God's glory, God said he would let his goodness to pass by him. So when God shares his goodness with us, that's him sharing his glory with us. He let, we get get to be partakers of his divine nature. We get to be partakers of his by tasting and seeing that he is good. So um, so what is a benefit? We're going to go through our benefits package. A benefit is something that promotes or enhances our well-being. Um, when we start a new job or get a promotion, in addition to the salary, we always want to know what the benefits are. <laughs> you know, what kind of medical coverage do we get? Do we have paid vacation? Do we have a retirement plan? Do we get a car? You know, what kind of benefits come with it? Sometimes the benefits outweigh the money, you know, with, if you have that kind of job. Um, so, but if we don't know what's included in our benefits package, we'll never be able to cash in on them. So we have to know what's available to us. They can be available to us, accumulating, and we'll never enjoy those benefits. And God wants us to enjoy his kingdom, enjoy being a part of his kingdom. And so we have a benefit package that comes from him. Um, and so he wants us to enjoy all the good things he's prepared for us. Now, one of the Hebrew words for benefits is the same word as manger or a feeding trough, you know, like the same kind of um Trap that Jesus was laid in. <laughs> He's the best benefit of all. Um, but when you, if you think of a manger, you know, when you're feeding the, um, if you're feeding the farm animals and they're, they get the hay and the, and the straw and how the farmer puts that all in and it's all just available for them to eat whenever they're hungry. They can, it can be overflowing and, and it'll fill them up. And that's how our benefits are. We can go to him always expecting something from him. We can always, um, be satisfied with him. We can come boldly and expect to be satisfied for, with whatever he provides for us. Um, Apostle Paul, when he was talking about the spiritual gifts, he said to earnestly desire the best gift. And I've heard it said that the best gift is one that's needed at that time. So, so the benefits, we have the same thing. We can earnestly desire the best benefit for what we need in our situation. So that's a good way to always know that he is your source for all things. <clears throat> so one of the most beautiful scriptures about God's benefits is Psalm 103. And that's one of my favorites. So we're going to take a look at that one today. Now, Psalm 103 was written by King David toward the end of his life. So we know the life of David and how, you know, he started as a shepherd boy and fought Goliath and then, you know, was anointed king and was running from the king and everything that went through his life and then all of his failures, too, you know, with, you know, everything else that happened in his life. So toward the end of his life, you know, you start reflecting. And this was one of the reflections of David is Psalm 103. And so we'll, we'll read through the whole passage all the way through, and then we'll go and break down the individual benefits that are listed in this Psalm. So Psalm 103, verse, starting in verse one, it bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice to all who are oppressed. 
he made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. For as for man, his days are like grass, his flower, as the flowers of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it's gone, and, it, and its place it remembers no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, and his righteousness to his children's children, to such that keep his covenant, to those who remember his commandments to do them. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, you his host, you ministers of his who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of all, all dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. So, yay, bless the Lord. <laughs> That's a long list, but, and it's not even exhaustive, but there's a lot there. So we're going to kind of take it, we're break it down, and so we can start partaking of these benefits. <clears throat> we'll go back to verse 1. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's within me, bless its holy name. Our soul, as you know, um, speaks to our mind, our will, and our emotions. So it's that's the part of us that wears the burdens that we were talking about before, the things that wear us out. And I think of um, David when he was um, he had had the battle at. Uh, Ziklag, where his uh, belongings and his uh, the women and children were left behind, they went to fight. And while they were away fighting, the enemy came and took all their belongings and their families. And they came back to find the camp ransacked. And um, so David was mourning, and then the soldiers wanted to kill him. And in that moment, he encouraged himself in the Lord. He took that that habit of of turning toward God and saying, you are help, my help, you are my strength. And he encouraged himself in the Lord. And I believe part of what it is, is he rehearsed all the things that God had done for him in the past. And just like he did with King Saul, when he was before King Saul, he said, he said, I can go against Goliath. And he was like, you're just a kid. And he said, but I got the lion and the bear. He was like, he listed all the things that the Lord had done through him already. He had a history. And so he let that testimony encourage him into boldness. And that's what he did in the middle of this catastrophe. He encouraged himself in the Lord and he rejuvenated him. It it, um, encouraged his confidence and he was able to get battle plans from God. He was like, he was like, should I go? And he said, you will go and without fail recover all. And he got everything back, nothing missing, nothing broken. And so when we can go in with boldness and rehearse the benefits that we have in the Lord, we can go in and recover everything that's been stolen from us. Those things that have been missing from us, we can go and get them back because we know what belongs to us in God. Now in this Psalm, David told his soul to bless the Lord. So all this psalm, he's talking to himself. 
He's it's mind. <laughs> you bless the Lord. You know when your when your mind, when your will, and your emotion wants to get angry and frustrated, disappointed. You tell your soul, bless the Lord. You you give it to him and let him comfort you with his comfort. Let him strengthen you with his strength. Let the weak say, I am strong because of what the Lord has done for me. So we can tell our minds, our wills, our desires, our emotions to bless the Lord. Jesus even told him when he was saying, what's the first and greatest commandment? He said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And this is your everything within me blessing the Lord. That's what it looks like. So let's go in verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. So one of the ways that we can make our soul bless the Lord is to remember his benefits, remember his goodness. And not only with what he's done in the past, but what he is currently doing. You'll see a lot of the psalm is written in present tense. He heals all my diseases. He he forgives all my iniquities. He crowns me with loving kindness. This is things that he is currently doing right now. It's not something he did it before, and I don't know what's going to happen now. This is this is so it can act as a prophetic declaration. If you don't feel like you're seeing it right now, you can still stand on what he's doing right now. You can see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Um, there is a, a verse that I always go back to. It's in Jeremiah. 17:5 and um Jeremiah is comparing the man who trusts God with the man who trusts his own uh, his own strength his own arm and he said the the part of the curse he said the, the man who blesses the Lord and trusts in the Lord he'll be like a tree planted by the streams of water and our leaf will not fade but the one who who doesn't trust in the Lord who puts his trust in himself he's like this withered bush in the wilderness and everything but one of the cursed things it says he cannot see when good comes so it's not saying that God is withholding the goodness at any time it it's just that when you get so focused on yourself and your own strength and your own ability outside of his, then you're not even going to see the goodness that comes to you. You're not going to be able to recognize the good train that's coming to your door. You know, it's about to come to you. <laughs> you won't be able to see it. You won't be able to recognize it. God told the children of Israel to set memorials in their journeys they always set stones and memorials so when you know when your children come by and you see these rocks you tell them the story of what god has done for you you always need to be rehearsing what god has done for us and so this is part of us remembering and pulling from those benefits we have a responsibility to remind ourselves of god's goodness and his provision to us and david emphasized all of his benefits Remember all of his benefits. Don't forget any of them. God wants to overwhelm us with his goodness. And so I always think of that whole thing in the um, on the commercials, you know, like the infomercials, they selling this pot and pan. But wait, there's more. It is like there's always one more thing. There's always something more that's coming because his kingdom is everlasting and it's always growing. You're never going to exhaust the goodness and kindness of God. There's, there's always one more thing. There's always something. There's always another answer to prayer that's coming. There's always something new that's going to be dropped in your lap because of his provision and his kindness and his care for us. So we're, we're going to go through these benefits. We're going to list them. Um, and we're going to let the Lord wash our feet with his word. So, um, okay. We're going to start number one is verse three. Forgiveness. That's our first benefit. 
he forgives all of our iniquities. And I think it's significant that David chose this benefit to put at the top of the list. Um, this is the same man, like I said, who numbered the army. He slept with a married man and uh, married woman and killed the man trying to hide his sin and all this kind of thing. And the first thing that he reminded his soul of is what that he was forgiven. And I think that is so powerful because sometimes we can let condemnation and all these things weigh us down, but we can remind our, ourselves that God is the one who forgives all your iniquities. He doesn't leave any of it out. It is vital to remind our soul how forgiven we are. And if we don't understand that we are forgiven, it's going to be hard for us to enter into any of the other benefits because we're going to disqualify ourselves where God has included us. My pastor of mine used to say, don't uh, excommunicate yourself where God has included you. If God has included you in this, you belong at the table, then don't say, I don't deserve it. I'm, you know, tell God you're fasting today. No, it doesn't work like that. You come in and you eat and you enjoy. Don't disqualify yourself because of something you feel like you did wrong. Um, so we'll go and give you some verses and I'll try to go through quickly. Um, uh, Romans 4, 7 and 8 said, bless Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not impute sin. Hebrews 8.12 For I will be merciful to their unrighteousnesses, and their sins and lawless deeds I will remember no more. Romans 5.8 But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Luke 23.34 And Jesus said, Forgive them for they do not know what they do. And it's just so powerful to me. Jeremiah 33, 8. I will cleanse them from all their iniquity by which they have sinned against me. And I will pardon all their iniquities by which they have sinned and by which they have transgressed against me. So God says all. We need to believe all. Isaiah 43, 25. It says, and God says, I, even I, am the one who blots out your transgression for my own sake. And I will not remember your sins. So he has promised for his own sake, because he wants to, he has forgiven all of our sins. Amen. Okay, second benefit, healing, is Psalm 103, we're still there, who heals all your diseases. So this is really part of healing and forgiveness. It's who, who forgives all your iniquities and heals all your diseases. It's part of the same verse. Um, so we need to understand that healing and forgiveness go hand in hand. First Peter 2.24, it says that Jesus himself bore our sin in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. So right now, here you see that Peter, when he wrote this, he connected the forgiveness of sins, living for righteousness, and the stripes that healed us. They're all one action. Um, if you think about it, God didn't wait until you got symptoms to provide for your healing. He He provided stripes long before you got a cold, before you got a diagnosis. He provided healing for that. And so we stand healed because of what he did on the cross 2,000 years ago. By his wounds, we were healed. In the same way, God didn't wait until we committed a sin to provide forgiveness for us. It is all-inclusive. He said we can stand forgiven because he bore our sins in the body on the tree. When he was whipped and he received stripes, the blood was shed at that time, which means the same blood that cleanses us, 
caused the stripes. So it's all one action. It says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. That's Ephesians 1, 7 through 8. I'm sorry, I didn't give the address. But the, that's what is so um, vital in communion, where we where we look at both the body and the blood. The body was broken for our healing and his blood was shed for our sin and for our redemption. And so we receive our healing and our forgiveness in one, in one meal. And so we can receive that. Um, this verse in Ephesians, it says, the riches of his grace with which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. And that lavish, that just reminds me of the camel being so loaded down and being draped with the garments and the weighted down with our benefits. And he lavishes us with the riches of his grace. And he includes both healing and forgiveness. So for healing, um, we'll look at Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 22. This was a favorite. Um, my, um, my pastor in Cleveland does healing schools very often. We usually start with this verse um, because God's word is healing to us. So this is where the uh, address is. It's uh, Proverbs 4:20. My son, give attention to my word. Incline your ear to my saying. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep in the Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health and medicine to all their flesh. So God's word is life and it's medicine to our flesh. So that's another benefit of going through and reading the word and finding these benefits is that it's actually bringing healing to your body as you do that. So um, let's look at some um, healing scriptures. Third uh, John 2. Beloved, I wish, uh, pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Matthew 9, 20 through 22. Behold, a woman who suffered a discharge of blood for 12 years came and behind him touched the fringe of his garment and for she said to herself, if I can only touch his garment, I will be made well. And Jesus turned and seeing her said, take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was healed. Jeremiah 17, 14 says, Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me, O Lord, and I will be saved, for you are my praise. Matthew 14, 14, Jesus went out. When Jesus went out, he saw the multitude, and he was moved with compassion and healed their sick. He's always moved with compassion for us. I love that about him. Isaiah 58, Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily your righteousness shall go before you and the glory of the lord will be your rear guard so that again puts your righteousness and your healing hand in hand right there in that verse psalm 107 verse 19 then they cried to the lord in their trouble and he saved them from their distress He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for his wonders to the sons of men. Amen. So we could always reach out and receive the healing that we need. We are healed by his stripes. Amen. Okay. Number three, (laughs) redemption and protection. That's what we're in. We're in verse four of Psalm 103. He redeems our life from destruction. So that's redemption and protection is our next benefit. Uh, redeem means um, to uh, sever, or, uh, persevere, um, I'm sorry, preserve and to release. Those are the, the definitions of 
redeemed. So we are redeemed by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. His life was the price for our redemption. He takes our empty lives and gives us his newness of life, life more abundant, and our life is preserved in him. So um, we can look at Colossians 1, 13 and 14. He has delivered us out of the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Amen. Job 10, 12. You have granted me life and steadfast love, and your care has preserved my spirit. So this is talking about the preserving power of God to keep us from all hurt, harm, and danger. Hebrews 9, 12. He entered once for all into the holy places, by me, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by the means of his own blood, thus securing eternal redemption. So the redemption that he has for us is an eternal redemption. It's not something that comes on and comes off and comes on and you got to go back and make it right. and good. You know, it's an eternal redemption that he's bought for us. Uh, John 10, 28. And I give them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. So that was Jesus speaking. The ones that he has in his hand, he gives us eternal life. We will never perish, and nothing can ever take us from his hand. We are so secure in him. In Romans 3, 23 and 25, this is speaking again about redemption. There is no distinction for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forth as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. So all are justified by his grace through the redemption that is found in Christ Jesus. And Psalm 66, 8 and 9. Oh, bless our God, you people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard, who holds our souls in life and suffers not our feet to be moved. So this is, again, the security that is found in the Lord. He's, he holds our souls in life. We can, um, in him we live and move and have our being. We can, we can be fed by that life that's found in him. Um, number four value. Number four. Where are we four? Um, he crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. So number four I'm calling dignity and value. Dignity and value. So this is, but wait, there's more. Um, and this is one of my favorites because we are so valuable to the Lord. Um, the truth about our value was stolen from us at the garden. Um, the serpent challenged the woman and said, if you eat, you'll be like God. And she was already like God. She was already made in his image and likeness. And so um, mankind started thinking themselves, after the fall, they started thinking of themselves of being low, dirty worms, and they didn't deserve God's care. Um, but that never diminished our value in God's eyes. He never saw us as lowly. He never saw, he saw us as valuable. He lifts us up out of the pit every single time. Um, he clothes our nakedness and he crowns us with kindness. He loves us with an everlasting love and his love never lets us go. David said, if I make my bed in hell, you are even there. And um, that's in Psalm 139. His love pursues us. It adorns us and positions us to sit with him because he enjoys us. 
And that it, it's just really powerful, especially if you think of religion, how, you know, you're I'm holy up here and you guys are down there and you have to crawl to get to me. You know, that, that whole mentality, it has nothing in the heart of the Father toward us. Um, and if you want to kind of do a study of how God loves us so tenderly and intimately, I encourage you to look at the Song of Solomon. Look at the Song of Songs and look at how the beloved, you know, was spoken to by the bridegroom, how how he cared for her and loved her and wanted to be with her. Um, I use the one verse in there when the bridegroom is speaking to his beloved. He said, oh, my dove, in the clefts of the rock, in the secret place of the cliff, let me see your face. Let me hear your voice, for your voice is sweet and your face is lovely. That's how the Lord talks to us. I mean, that's just so beautiful to me. And his thoughts toward us are good. It is Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me when you find me. In Isaiah 43, 4 through 7, it says you are precious in my sight. And you have been honored, and I have loved you. Therefore, I will give men for you and people for your life. And he's speaking to Israel, but he's speaking to us too. He says, fear not, for I am with you. I will bring your descendants from the east and gather you from the west. And I will say to the north, give them up, and to the south, do not keep them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by by my name, whom I've created from my glory, I have formed them and I have made them. He wants to gather all of his children into himself. Isaiah 49, verse 15. Can a woman forget her nursing child? And that she has should have no compassion on the son that, of her womb. So can a can a natural mother neglect her child? It's very difficult to imagine that, even though that may happen, even though these may forget, the Lord says, I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palm of my hand. We are always so close to him. Isaiah 61, um, starting in verse 1, it says, this is something that Jesus proclaimed when he came into the temple. He read from this part in the, in the book of Isaiah. Um, but if you look at this, this is all about restoring dignity and restoring wholeness to his people. He said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the opening of prisons to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and to the day and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort those who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty, a beautiful headdress instead of ashes or oil of gladness instead of mourning the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So he he brings in where somebody's coming in in their dirty garments. They're coming in weighed down and heavy. He refreshes them. He gives them beauty for their ashes. He He makes them beautiful and lets them see their own beauty. And it goes on to say in verse 10, Now, after all this, this is the same chapter. In verse 10, it says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. 
My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me in garments of salvation. He has covered me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. So if you think of them on a wedding day, a uh, bride on her wedding day, she's looking the be- most beautiful that she's ever looked. She's glowing. She's adorned. That's how our salvation dresses us. And that's how God's dignity um, elevates us. So this is how God sees us. This is how he dresses us up. So number five, um, he satisfies our mouth with good things. So number five is satisfaction and prosperity. God wants us to satisfy us with his goodness, and this can be what goes in our mouth as far as food and nourishment and let the food that we have is nourishing to our bodies. It is not toxic. It is not wicked to us. It's good for us. He satisfies our mouth with good things, but it's also what comes out of our mouth. It's our prayers. It's the words of our mouth. It's the testimonies that we share, how we encourage one another. He satisfies us with uh, with those good things. Our soul is satisfied when we receive answers to prayer. So when he satisfies our mouth with good things, the good things that we pray, when we receive those answers to prayer, our soul is satisfied. And so the Father said to just ask and it would be given. Remember, seek and you'll find. Knock and it will be open. There's nothing too hard for him. So let's go through some verses about satisfaction. Um, in uh, Psalm 37, 4, it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall also give you the desires of his heart, of your heart. He will give you the desires of your heart. Um, in Luke 12, 32, it says, Fear not, little flock, it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Romans 8, 32, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how, she, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? So he satisfies us. If he didn't withhold his own son, he's not going to hold anything else back from us that we ask for. He's going to give us everything that we desire. And uh, Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. That according is like a balance, right? So it's um, how heavy is his riches and glory? I mean, that's how much he's going to supply everything that you need. It's in the same measure. I like that. John seven, John 15, verse 7. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, then you will ask whatever you desire and it will be done for you. Amen. Okay. We're going out. So we're going to finish um, verse 5. Um, he satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So this, the youth is renewed like the eagles. That's your longevity and your strength. So this is the resurrection life of God on the inside of us that affects our our natural body. So he said in Romans 8, verse 11, it says, as If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he will also... He, let me start again. Hi. Romans 8, verse 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your physical mortal bodies through the spirit that dwells in you. So he's going to give life to you the same way he gave life to Jesus. So what does that mean to us? That means that we don't have to expect to get weaker. We can expect to get stronger because of that resurrection life of God on the inside of us. We, um, If we're not careful, 
we can let our natural thinking talk us out of that rejuvenation and the renewal of our youth. Um, we'll start thinking from our natural minds, and, and we won't be tapping into the benefits of renewed youth that it has for us. We'll just start thinking that weakness is normal, this is to be expected. No, not necessarily. You know, Caleb climbed a mountain when he was 80. <laughs> you know, it's like, and that was under the old covenant. We have the life of God on the inside of us, and so he can renew us day by day. Um, and so we'll go over our verses. Um, the first one is in Deuteronomy 33, verse 25. And this was blessing. I think it was one of um, Jacob's children when he was blessing his children. And he said, as your days, so shall your strength be. So as long as you live, that's how long your strength is going to be. As your days, so shall your strength be. Psalm 91, verses 15 and 16 says, that he, call, he shall call upon me. The Lord is, is talking about the person who calls upon the Lord. And the Lord is saying, he shall call upon me and I will answer him. And I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. So he will give us long life and satisfy him satisfy us and show us his salvation and you know it's just interesting that salvation if you look at it in hebrew is the name yeshua which is jesus's name so i will satisfy him and show him jesus so we always want jesus to show up on our behalf so that's i like that verse it's like we we can receive him we can have long life and show up show jesus let jesus show up for us so amen um psalm 21 Verses 1 through 5. The king shall have joy in your strength, O Lord. In your salvation, how greatly he shall rejoice. You have given him his heart desire and have not withheld the request of his lips. For you meet him with the blessings of goodness. You set a crown of pure gold on his head. He asked asked life from you and you gave it to him. Length of days forever and ever. His his glory is great in your salvation. Honor and majesty you have placed upon him. So what I want to pull out of there, the king is saying, King David is saying, I asked you for life and you gave it to me length of days forever and ever. You gave me exceeding and abundantly more than I could ask or think. You you asked for life, I'll give you long life. So um, Proverbs 3, 3, verse 15 through 16 Speaking of wisdom, she is more precious than rubies, and all the things that you might desire cannot compare with her. Length and days, length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand, riches and honor. So you have length of days and riches and honor when you embrace wisdom. So that's, that's there for you. Um, Job 36, 11. If they obey and serve him, talk about serving the Lord, you will you will spend your day in prosperity and your years in pleasures. So that's your long longevity and a prosperity. Um, Proverbs four eighteen: The path of the righteous is like the light dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until the full light of day. So your days are just going to get brighter and brighter. And in the way of the righteous is life, and in its pathway there is no death. That's Proverbs twelve twenty eight. So you can lay hold of these verses and and feed yourself with them and start expecting to see see it bear fruit in your life in this way. Um, Psalm 92, verse 12 and 15. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. 
those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bear fruit in their old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. So we will be fresh and flourishing. Isn't that what um, Dr. Pat, what she kept saying, fresh and flourishing. <laughs> it's like we can expect to always be bearing fruit, always be fresh and flourishing. We'll never have dead leaves, you know. Whatever dead leaves, they'll just fall out and it'll be replaced by fresh and flourishing green leaves. So, amen. All right, the next benefit, number seven, is justice. In verse 6, it says, the Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. God is a righteous judge, and he always judges in our favor. His ear is attentive to those who call out to him. He is our advocate. Jesus is our advocate. He turns our captivity around. And there are times when we can stand and pray and wage a good warfare we can we can do all the battle and stand firm and all these kind of things but then there's also times that we we can be still and know that he's God and know that he's going to fight on our behalf there's times when we fight with him you know in cooperation with him not against him hopefully but we can fight in cooperation with him when we resist the enemy when we when we resist the things that are coming against us and we can we can stand and fight and that's a good thing to do but then there's times When the Lord says, you sit back, I'll handle it for you. And you can be still, you be in his refuge and let him fight your battles for her, for you, because he always speaks up for you. He's always speaking up for you. Um, Jesus was a personification of God's justice for us. Um, If you look at Isaiah 42, verses 1 through 4. And this is speaking of Jesus, but this look at what his <laughs> his job description is. It says, um, behold, my servant whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him and he will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. He will not cry out nor raise his voice nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. So this is this. If you look at this in light of his crucifixion, it, it says, as a sheep to a shearer, he didn't open his mouth. This is what it's a speaking to. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench. So if somebody is like fading and just about to, if you think of like a candle just about to fade out, he he's going to fan that flame. He's going to keep that light going. He's always, he's not going to be quick to crush you and, and uh, call you out. He said he will not, he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. He will not fail nor be discouraged till he established justice in the earth and the coastlands shall wait for his law. So this is what the Lord has done when he brought his kingdom to the earth. This is this is what he brought. He brought justice to the earth. Um, Zephaniah 3 5 says the Lord is righteous in her midst. He will do no injustice. Every morning he brings his justice to light. He never fails, but the unjust knows knows no shame so that's that he never fails he's the one that's going to have the final word on that um psalm 10 verses 17 and 18 lord you have heard the desire of the humble you will prepare their heart you will cause your ear to hear to do justice to the fatherless and to the oppressed that the man of the earth may oppress no more so it so he goes into Isaiah 61. Instead of shame, you will have a double honor. 
Instead of confusion, you will rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, you shall possess doubles. So every everlasting joy will be theirs. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery. For burnt offerings, I will direct their work in truth, and I will make them an everlasting covenant. So if you look at God is bringing double honor instead of confusion and shame. And this is where the benefits overlap a little bit because he brings he brings justice for the oppressed and that restores them to honor and it, and it gives them back their dignity that was stolen from them. It all works together. It's beautiful tapestry. Okay, we'll go on. Um, wisdom and understanding in verse 7 of Psalm 103. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. So our number eight benefit is wisdom and understanding. So I, I like the idea of getting to know God's ways, you know, like the behind the scenes. How does he do that? <laughs> Why does he do that? What 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 is in his thought? Because when you start to understand the thoughts of God and why he does things, then you can operate out of that understanding and you can act more like he acts. You can be benevolent like he is. You can be kind and forgiving the way he is. Um, so it lets us see what he does and why he does. How does it work? And this is an access to the benefit that we can we can receive his wisdom. Because in James 1, 5, it says that if any man lacks wisdom, he can ask of God. And God gives it to us freely without reproach. And it gives it to him. It will be given to him without reproach. It will be given to him. In Matthew 11:25. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent, but have revealed them to babes. So he was talking about his disciples and called them his babes. And he said, you have opened their eyes to be able to see these precious things. We're included in that. God has not withheld anything from us. He, If we are humble and and open to hear what he has to say. He is not withholding anything from us. The wise and the prudent who are wise in their own eyes, they never see what God is showing to them they, because their their eyes are blind. They don't see when good comes. And so, but but where our eyes are open, blessed are your eyes for they see, blessed are your ears for they hear. Um, Proverbs 2, verses 6 through 8. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk uprightly and he guards the path of justice and preserves the ways of his saints. So he preserves our paths. He gives us justice and he um, he gives us wisdom, knowledge and understanding that we need. First John two twenty seven. The anointing that we receive from him abides in us and we do not need anyone to teach us because the anointing is himself teaches us concerning all things. And it is true. It is not a lie. Just as it taught us abide in us. So, so, so just as the anointing teaches us, we abide with it. So he teaches us to abide and to listen to his voice. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. And that doesn't mean that we don't need teachers, but it also means that we don't have to solely depend on a teacher. We have the voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. We have the unction from the the Holy One on the inside on the inside of us showing us all things. So um, let me keep it moving. Keep it moving. Um, okay. Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. 
So if God hides something, it's to draw you in so that you'll come and find it from him. He's not withholding it. It's kind of like, okay, come and get it. You know, it's not like he's withholding it, like, no, you can't have it. Slap your hand. It's because he wants to draw you closer because more than anything, he wants relationship with us. So um, let's keep it moving. Um, Mercy and compassion is number nine. And Psalm 103, 8 through 14, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. And he knows our frame. He remembers that we're dust. And so this passage kind of speaks for itself. Um, David reminds his soul that he's forgiven again. He reminds his soul of God's mercy and how God doesn't punish us according to our sins. He re- God knows our weakness. He knows that we're human. And um, it's clearly seen from the verse that we read before. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. God God sent his son Jesus who came in the likeness of broken flesh. And, and he said, Father, forgive them. I know what it's like. <laughs> I know what it's like. They don't know what they're doing. And so he forgave us. How high are the heavens above the earth? How far is the east is from the west? That's how far our sin is removed from us. We are completely forgiven and the, he keeps no record of our wrong. His mercy is great for us and, and he wants us to freely receive it. Paul said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength. And this is, uh, 1 Timothy 1, 12 and 14. He said, um, I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who gave me strength, that he considers me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer, a persecutor, and a violent man, he has shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. So God knows that we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> when we sin, when we fall short, he knows we don't know what we're doing. God is mercy toward us because we act in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of the Lord was poured out on us abundantly. This is Paul saying, the grace of the Lord was poured out upon me abundantly uh, along with the faith and the love that are in, that are in Christ Jesus. That is such a beautiful testimony right there. And But that's our testimony too. No matter what we were before and what we were this morning, his mercy is towards us all the time. So we can rejoice in his mercy and his goodness and his compassion towards us. Um, mercy triumphs over judgment. That's um, James 2 and 13. And I just looked at the time, so I'm going to move a little faster. Um, Psalm 86.5 says, For you, Lord, are good, ready to forgive, abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. Uh, Lamentations 3.22 Though the Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. His his mercies are new every single morning for us because of his faithfulness. The next one is um, legacy and generational blessing. And we're going to look at Psalm 103, verses 15 through 18. And... um, we're going to we're going to start in the middle but the mercy of the lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him 
and his righteousness to his children's children to such that keep his covenant and to those who remember his commandments to do them. So the Lord's promise is not only for us, it's for our children and for our children's children. It's, it's an overflow because he's always more than enough. We're blessed to be a blessing and it, and it pours over like that. So, in the previous one, we talked about mercy and compassion. So this benefit is spilling over onto the children. That's our legacy. That's our generational blessing. Um, it's an inheritance of God's goodness. Uh, we can see it in the in the example of Timothy, where Paul said, "I'm reminded of your sincere faith." He's talking to Timothy and the faith that first dwells in your grandmother and in your mother. I'm sure also dwells in you. There's this heritage of blessing. We we just had our convention, heritage of faith, and we could see how the obedience in the life of Brother Hagen, how that how that poured into Dr. Pat Harrison, and how that's pouring into her grandchildren and to her children. It's just continuing and continuing. And not only that, it's not only your natural line. It's to anybody that you have an influence with. Because if you look at you know Brother Hagen, it's like everybody who was here was touched by his life and his ministry and is able to pour out into other people because of what they received from them and they're able to make it multiply and grow. That's part of how the kingdom of God expands. It's like leaven in the, in the loaf and it just continues to grow and increase. And so there's no end to it. It, it just continues. Um, so we're part of an ever increasing kingdom. Um, Psalm 100, verse 5, the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and in truth, his truth endures to all generations. In, uh, in Abraham's blessing in Ger- uh, Genesis 17, he said, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after, after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to, to be your God and to your descendants after you. So God is saying, I'm going to be your God, and I'm going to be all your kids' God. And if you look at, they talk about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They always talk about this is the generational God. He's the God that blesses us all. Um, the Psalm 22, verses 30 and 31, it says, A posterity shall serve him, and it will be recounted of the Lord to the next generation, and they will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will be born, who not yet born, that he has done this. So the generations to come will hear of the good things that God did in our generation. They can build on top of that. So um, praise the Lord. Let's continue. Um, The next one is in verse 19 of Psalm 103. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. So number 11 benefit is the king is the king is here and everything has changed. We're in a brand new kingdom now. So the gospel of the kingdom is what we are under now. We are we have heard the gospel of the kingdom, which means that we are under a new government. We are under the government of heaven now. Um, we are under a new covenant. The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God. And Jesus reigns in righteousness far above all might, power, and dominion in this world. And so we can call upon him and we can rule and reign with him. In Mark um, verse one, uh, chapter 1, verse 14 it says, now after John was arrested, Jesus came into, Gal- into Gal- Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God, saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. 
repent and believe the gospel. So he's basically saying the time is here, the kingdom is here, change your hearts and trust the good news. We have to trust the good news about the kingdom of God. And I'm going to keep going. The kingdom of God is here, and for us it's here as New Covenant believers. We have benefits that are specific to us. As as wonderful as all these benefits are that we went over, they are still in the Old Covenant. And as New Covenant believers, we have more <laughs> because he says that it goes it goes hands in hand. This is um, Jesus has obtained for us a more excellent ministry. He's a mediator of a better, better company covenant based on better promises so this is a better place that we're in right now peter said uh grace and mercy uh, grace and peace multiplied to you in the knowledge of god and of jesus our lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which you have been given exceeding great and precious promises that through these you might be partakers of his divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So this kind of ties up everything that we were talking about. We have all these things that pertain to life and godliness were found in him and have given us exceeding great and precious promises to partake of his divine nature. This is what we're doing. So as a new covenant believers, we are new creations in Christ. There's no condemnation for us. We have no fear. We have a life more abundant. We're now sons of God. We are the bride of Christ. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus and the Father have made his, their home within us. The kingdom of God dwells within us in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We have been given keys to the kingdom. We are ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been empowered to positively influence the world around us because he says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. We can benefit the people around us. Salt makes things taste better. Light makes you be able to see. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. We are part of his body. We are flesh of his flesh and bones of his bones. Um, Christ is in us, our hope of glory. We can confidently go to the Father and get everything that we need um, and he will give us whatever we ask of him. And we've been given the Holy Spirit. We've give, been given the gifts of the Spirit to help us in every place that we need help. Um, we have been empowered to preach the gospel, to make disciples, and to let others taste and see his goodness. So these are all the things. And, and the, um, David ends the psalm with an exhortation to continue to bless the Lord. So he ends it with, um, in verse 20, Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, you his angels. So that's us because we're his messengers um, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding to the voice of his word. That's what we've been doing today is heeding to his voice. Bless the Lord, you his host, you ministers of him who do his pleasure. That's us because we minister his word to people who, who we have influence, who have, we get in contact with, we have an opportunity with. Bless the Lord, all his works. We are his workmanship. Bless the Lord, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Amen. So we're going to bless the Lord in our day-to-day life, and we're going to bless the Lord in our giving today. So we just wanted to kind of encourage you in the word and, and encourage you about how riches his goodness is toward you. And I know if you go into the word, you'll be able to find more benefits 
for yourself. And I encourage you to just kind of get a, maybe get a journal together and start writing them down, the things, all these different benefits that God shows you in his word and, and hold on to them and don't let them slip out of your, out of your mindset.